0: Slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hey, it's Jen and Julian, and you are listening to episode twenty-eight of X Appeal. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So we are we are back. Um I am I am now a mother. <laughs> so I guess that's I guess that's I don't the don't thing at
2: all right now. Now. I'm letting you start the whole thing. I'm just staying silent. See what do like, you going to say?
1: Uh, I'm a mom. I'm officially a mom.
2: Yeah. I mean you've been uh, officially a mom for a month now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is, I think this is is this the first time we're talking that I'm a mom?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, well, last week we did. Yeah. And and no. like now, now it's like we're gonna dive a little bit Deeper in this whole oh. new mom thing.
1: Yeah, now that I've had time to process, because um, he's by the way, he's a month old today, which is nuts. Like I can't yeah. believe the time went by so fast.
2: Which, when this would be airing, he'd be a month and two weeks old.
1: Yeah, yeah. A month and a half. So, all right. So I d- I delivered on November seventeenth.
2: Yeah, um, and that was a little bit of an emergency.
1: Yeah. So so I'll just okay like. Uh, and I'll kind of walk you through what happened. Um, we, I go for my last OBGYN appointment. Mm-hmm. This is like my last, you know, prenatal doctor's appointment. Yeah. And she, and we get the ultrasound, uh, heart rate's fine, ultrasound's fine. But she said, your amniotic fluid levels are super low. So whatever this means, she said, last week you were at a 17, this week you're at a six. So they dropped so much that like it it was it's a sign of some kind of problem, and she wasn't sure what it was. So she was like, "We're gonna induce you tonight." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get to meet my son like way sooner than I thought."
2: What does inducing mean?
1: So inducing means they're gonna force you into labor. So like your body's not there yet, but but they induce you um, for a number of reasons. You can be induced because the baby's, you know, in, in in it's not developing the way it should, or sometimes women just have arbitrary and in, induction days where mm. it's like I want to know what day I'm going to see him or her. So,
2: and how does that, how that, how do they do that? They give you a medicine that, or
1: oh so yeah, I, I I go in and they give me um they they give me a pill that's supposed to soften up your cervix. And dilate you. Um, The first one didn't work. So they gave me a second one. The second one wasn't working that great either. So then they, uh, they, we get the epidural. And um, I always heard crazy things about the epidural. Like it's a long needle that goes in your back, back, near your spine. Um,
2: And what is that supposed to help with?
1: It's supposed to numb you mm-hmm. from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And so at first, you know, and, and, and by the way, I have to say for anybody who's like pregnant or wanting to become pregnant uh, and you're worried about the epidural, do not. Do not be worried about that. that. That shit is relatively painless, I would say. I felt like a small pinch and that was it because um, they were super great about it. Um, but I had all this anxiety going in because, you know, you hear like of men like passing out when they see like how long the needle is. Yeah. So it's not a big of a deal. So um, a few minutes later, I started to feel real good. <laughs> like okay. like to the point where like, I, and, and, you know, I walked into the hospital, you know, I had pelvic pain, I was cramping, you know, s- just stuff that happens to you at month nine of of pregnancy. You just feel bad overall mm-hmm. um uncomfortable but this took everything away like right away so i was feeling great my back wasn't hurting anymore
2: no you're not feeling anything below your
1: I felt, and then it started to get scary because i really felt nothing like i felt my i did not feel my legs i've never had that sensation before so like i touched my leg and it didn't feel like my leg it felt like somebody else's leg <sighs> so i started panicking and i was like jared like can you can you just move my one leg? <laughs> can you just move it for me just to make sure that it's still there? <laughs> I don't know, like still attached to my body or still, you know, th- that I can actually still sort of move it. Yeah. Um, so God love him. But uh yeah, epidural was was awesome. And then it got scary because I couldn't feel anything. So yeah. then they start shooting me up with Pitocin, which is it's supposed to induce contractions, like it's supposed to heighten contractions and intensify contractions. Uh, that wasn't working, what the fuck? so then they they say we're gonna do we're gonna do a um a Foley balloon, <laughs> which is they insert a balloon into your vagina and they blow it up, and it's supposed to uh dilate okay. your your um cervix, and that was the only thing that started to work, and I was dilating um and. You know, I was having regular contractions because I could only see on the monitor. I couldn't feel shit. Mm. Like I couldn't feel anything. So I could only tell I was having a contraction when I could see like the, the dip on the on the monitor.
0: Yeah.
1: And you had nurses coming in like every 20 minutes or so. Just to check, check your vitals, check your blood pressure, make sure everything was fine. So then uh, there was one point where they they checked um, my my. They pulled out the Foley balloon, checked how dilated I was. I think I was like maybe four or five centimeters dilated. You have to be 10 centimeters in order mm-hmm. to be ready for labor. Um, and so I, I was making progress, but I was 26 hours into labor. So okay. yeah. So, uh, so then they, <laughs> they insert a, a, a fetal Doppler to monitor the baby's heart into mm-hmm. my vagina. And right after that, the baby's heart rate started dropping. Okay. Like significantly.
2: What um, is, why? What's the cost?
1: I don't know. I, 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 we, we still don't really know. Um, I don't think that was what exactly caused it, but something he moved in a way that his heart rate was dropping. And so they turned me on one side and it wasn't helping. They turned me on my other side. That wasn't helping. So she said, All right. Um, I'm gonna press a button, and you're gonna see a lot of people rush in here. Yeah. Um, but we we have to we have to get you on all fours. Like you got to get on all fours right now because the baby's heart rate's dropping, and we have to we have to bring it up. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's great, but I can't feel my legs. Like I can't yeah, get yeah, on course. all fours because I can't get up. Like my my whole body from like my waist down felt like a a lead rock. Yeah. Um, So and it's true. She pressed a button. All these doctors and nurses like rush in, and it got really serious, really fast. Serious, yeah. And I just remember being on like all fours, like naked from the waist down, like didn't know who was in the room. I turned to Jared, and I start like crying
2: yeah of course
1: and i was like what's happening you know and i was like thinking to myself like this is not how it's going to go down like i am i am not i did not carry this baby for nine months to like go home to uh, a nursery full of baby stuff with no baby like this is not how it's going to happen so
2: jared probably is also aware of everything is happening he He was was
1: you know but he was he was scared scared. Um,
2: he knows more than you
1: yeah, but he knew, yeah, he knew that that was like normal for a bunch of nurses and, and doctors to rush in the room all at once. But it's scary for a patient because you, you really don't know like how serious it actually is. Yeah. So um, they, they put me on a gurney and they wheel me into the operating room. And
2: still, while you're on all fours?
1: No, no, they, they, they just said, we're going to take you to the operating room now. Like, Let's do know, it. We might have to, we might have to take, you know, we might, this might be a cesarean section. We don't know. So they, they wheel me in, Jared's not there. So I'm like panicking and like crying and whatever. Uh, and they, we get to the operating room and the baby's heart rate starts going up again. Okay. And they were like, okay, um, well, we're just going to keep you in here for like 20 minutes and, um, and odds are you're going to go back to the same room that you left, but you know, this is good news. So as soon as my, this is like a couple of minutes later, as soon as my doctor, my my um, OBGYN walks in the room, uh, the baby's heart rate starts crashing
2: again. Okay. So
1: normal, normal baby heart rate is like 150 mm-hmm. at that age. He was 74. Okay. So like, it was really bad. So the doctor like looked at me and she said, I'm not going to, she said, Jen, this baby is not going to make it 12 hours. Um, under if, if we still keep down the same path and try to induce and I said just cut me open take the baby out please do yeah. whatever you have to do so yeah they put me on the <laughs> on the operating table and I was like s- just so disoriented like not really knowing what was what was happening around me because everything was kind of frenzied Jared walks in the room they shoot me up with this ad- like it was like adrenaline mm-hmm. get the baby's heart rate back up again and they said you're going to feel like you drank like 16 cups of coffee, and I'm like, all right. So my heart starts racing. Yeah, of course, And I'm breathing fast because I'm like, it feels like you're about to take the stage, and like you're all hyped up. And then they start telling me to calm down. Like, <laughs> They're yeah, like, yeah, you just too fast, slow your, slow your, yeah, slow your breathing. Um, do it for the baby. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like I don't know what, what, what exactly to do right now. So then I start feeling super nauseous. Mm. And like every minute it intensifies like tenfold. And so they brought over a barf bag and Jared like grabbed my hand. He was like, how are you feeling? <laughs> I just start vomiting immediately <laughs> like uncontrollably. Then I start shaking, like okay. uncontrollably shaking. Um, and and uh, they, they throw the curtain over, which I've seen a million times, C-section curtain. They throw it over. And, uh, and the doctor has said something like, everybody ready? and and literally 1 minute later is they, when the nurse said look at your son and they lifted him up and and then he started crying yeah and it was is, the best it was the best sound i've ever heard in my life
2: what so it's only oh, i was going to ask how long uh, from them starting to the baby being out it took about a minute
1: it took a minute
2: wow
1: it took 6 minutes from the time the doctor made the call to get the to do the cesarean section So I what's called
2: everybody ready and everything. Yeah. But a minute
1: called a crash emergency C-section, which is different from an emergency Um, C-section. Crash emergency C-section is usually done under 10 minutes. Mm. Um, And they, they have to like inject you with uh, another dose of, uh, what do you call it? Of the, the epidural that I got. So I really couldn't feel anything like at all. If I couldn't feel anything before I was like out of body, like, (laughs) You know, after that.
2: How long? How long till you start feeling your legs again?
1: It was it was a good three hours three before hours. I started feeling. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Be the best feeling though, knowing that you can feel them again. It's like whew.
1: Yeah. It was yeah, it was a relief because I was like a little panicked. I'm like, Am I ever gonna be able to feel my legs again? Am I gonna be able to walk again? You know, all these things that go through your mind. At but
2: hey, are you are you a little bit happier that you went through C section than if you went no. natural? No. Why? No.
1: Um, I'm happy that he's alive and I'm happy that he's healthy, but the recovery time on a C-section is way worse than, than vaginal delivery, unless you have an episiotomy, which is where they cut you. Um, but with C-section it, you have to be in the hospital for at least four days Mm -hmm. as opposed to two days, uh, for vaginal delivery. And you, um, I, I've never felt like I've never felt pain like that before to the point where I couldn't even speak like after the pain yeah. meds wore off
2: the pain meds yeah yeah, yeah how I, big the how big is the um the incision yeah
1: it's like uh maybe about that big okay um but it's over your bikini line so so you really can't they did a phenomenal right. job at like where they cut it and everything you can barely see it but um it's a lot of shifting they sh- literally shift your organs around yeah, so yeah, right I'm still tender like a month out I'm still definitely tender in my lower abdomen but um, and for the first like week, I I had to take Norco like every day on top of Tylenol and ibuprofen.
2: What's Norco for?
1: It's a pain medication.
2: Yeah,
1: but I'm not like a pain like I'm not like a a pill person. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped taking it as soon as I could stop taking it. Um, but yeah, that was the most terrifying experience sure. of my life. Um, and I was so happy that he was that he was just safe, and, yes. and he was only six pounds three ounces, which is very small is it yeah, it's on the smaller side for a baby, but they had the NICU on standby in case there were any like you know complications. but basically what happened was the reason his heart dropped, his cord was wrapped around his neck and his chest.
2: that's why so he couldn't breathe. yeah,
1: and I had a very tiny placenta so yeah. and and the baby wasn't like he wasn't developing anymore past a certain stage. So like it was only going to get worse. Basically they couldn't rely on my old dried up placenta anymore. <sighs> <laughs> my wilting placenta. They <sighs> actually sent that off to pathology to figure out what the hell the problem was. Um, and it was just small. That's all. But no. oh. it's all this shit that you don't even think about. They don't tell you, of course they don't tell you because they don't want you, you to panic. Um, but man, I, I, yeah, and then so they have you breastfeed like immediately. Yeah, baby comes out like as soon as you're you're able. Um, but man, he was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Even though he was blue and covered in cheese, like he was the most beautiful thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Ugh.
2: You know, I um, I know, I know a, a woman who uh, you know, when she gave birth, like everything ripped down there, and yeah, she- delivery. Yeah, like, and it was I think rough for like six months because yeah, heal properly and stuff. So sometimes obviously as a guy, from when you're not experiencing it, it's definitely like so much easier for us to like think, go like give an opinion when we are not in the situation. But it would make me think like, man maybe the, the C-section done properly and planned ahead might be like the easiest. Some people say it is.
1: Delivery. Yeah, some people say it is a little bit easier.
2: You know, if you have, like you say, you have a small little line, a little a little scar that you could always kind of get revived rev- yeah. by a surgeon and then also um, I'm not sure how accurate it is about like the va- inside of the vagina feeling different post-delivery if you go natural, like regular. I don't
1: know. Because I mean, again, I don't know because I never got that, but from what I've seen.
2: You know, like in comedy movies or whatever, it's like, yeah, after I gave birth, my vagina, blah, you know, got all. Yeah. Whatever. I don't it's know. If stretched it's stretched out, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the
1: vagina is like an elastic thing. So, like, it's it it can adapt. But I do know, like, my friends who've had vaginal deliveries have said that they're sore down there for a while. Yeah. And one thing that I that I didn't realize is, is the amount of bleeding that would happen. Like, yeah. it was... It was pretty bad for like a, a couple of days, like alarming. Because
2: um, yeah, you're bleeding from your scar from where yeah. you closed, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, no, you're no, you're you're just ble- and and this is like first you're bleeding from the surgery, but then you're also bleeding afterward because the um ut- uterus is getting back to normal. Yeah. So it's it's like uh it's like having a period. I know this is like all T- TMI for you, but um that's kind of how it feels, and it's spontaneous now. So like I have to <laughs> I have to wear. Adult diapers every day, um, just in case. Oh. Just in case, you know something happens. Um, oh. I'll have to wear them for a while. Oh. Yeah, because I heard that you can bleed for months. Uh, and, and you know, I I started breastfeeding, so now my, my my breast milk has come in, which means every time he cries, or every time I look at pictures of him,
2: your breast, your body's starts pre- to leak. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. how how it works, crazy. huh?
1: Yeah, so wow. I have I have a whole tub of like uh, what do you call it? They're like nipple pads, yeah. that, that soak up the breast milk that that leaks. So I'm like leaking from all orifices, orifices. Wow! Right now, and 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 let me just get on like a real quick soapbox, real quick, because the idea that they're talking about reversing Roe versus Wade to me is, yeah. What
2: what does that mean? I have no idea what that means.
1: It it, it's about it's about abortions, like legalizing abortions. So, the idea that that could be reversed by the Supreme Court is disgusting to me. Now knowing all of the stuff that you have to go through, being pregnant and postpartum, uh, and I had a partner. I had a really good partner throughout all of this. Uh, For someone who's I don't know, not equipped to to have a child um, or who's not ready in their life to have a child or who gets raped or it wasn't their choice to have a child. Now, essentially forcing a woman to give birth and then and then not just that, but we are the only developed nation in the world that doesn't offer, I think, federal paternity leave
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, or or, you know, family leave. Ah, uh, which I think is also so. So not only are you basically forcing a woman to have a child, but you're not giving her the opportunity to take care of the child in the way that she should. Yeah. And let me tell you, like it is not for the it is not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah, no, that's just- both caring and delivering. Um,
2: no, that's not mother- what
1: I anticipated.
2: <laughs> seeing the last basically like nine months plus the delivery, do you feel like if you could in five years have another kid, would you? go through
1: it again i know that you f- you forget um yeah, okay. women quickly forget what the whole ordeal was like um and there are some aspects of it that i have already forgotten that i feel like all right i could i could probably do this again um for me it's it's you know i'm 37 like i would not want to have a kid past 40 just and yeah. just because and and i know that if you have a c-section once you're likely to have another c-section
2: okay um, i, just, right I to-
1: just don't want i feel like he's perfect yeah. And I feel like I'm so lucky to have him here that I, I don't know if I'd want to risk another, having yeah. another one.
2: Yeah. And so then how long until um, you're, oh, you said six weeks, right? Before you can start like working out or any of that stuff.
1: Yeah. So you have to, you're cleared for like, you, to be medically cleared after six weeks, you, yeah. It takes six weeks basically to get medical clearance to work out or have sex again.
2: Oh, and so talking about that because you know, last time we had a, like an episode about you and and uh, you know, sex drive mm-hmm. being a little bit lower. Now that you've delivered, has this come back, or are you still <laughs> because of? Huh? No, it's no, it is not.
1: It's <laughs> not, it's not. Uh, uh,
2: it hasn't come back up yet. Uh, uh-uh, no. you guys are probably also like all in baby mode, right? So
1: it it is the most exhausting. It is the most exhausting thing that I've ever done. I used to work a morning show, so this is like the. I kind of feel like I'm working a morning show right now on the schedule. So basically what happens is um, Jared does uh, until 2 a.m. and then I do 2 a.m. until... So, so like we do it in like shifts of six, six hours a piece. Okay. So I take overnight and he, he takes care of Ethan until 2 a.m. And that's... We've kind of come up with a system.
2: So then and you do 2 to 6... You do 2 to 8 a.m.?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then it's eight a.m. And, till and then you sleep. Take care of him like during the day. Got it. So I'm I'm sleeping probably about an average of like five hours. Yeah. Um, and then napping whenever he sleeps.
2: You can nap it's a little bit.
1: Yeah. Every yeah. So he's up every two to three hours to feed. hmm And I alternate between like pumping. <laughs> so I'm like pumping breast milk and then. Uh, and then bottle feeding for doing formula as a supplement just to get his weight up. Yeah. Because he, wa- he was so small.
2: Put a and, little like, uh, weight gainer like protein in there too. Some oh my that-
1: God. A lot of, no, a lot of babies lose weight like after the hospital because a lot of the weight they gained was, you know, three amniotic fluid. Yeah. So he actually, instead of losing weight, gained weight. Okay. So he's been doing great. He's putting um,
2: some of that mass.
1: It's the crying. The crying is is very difficult. Yeah. Um, the crying is like I, I try my best to tune it out. Jared has uh, noise canceling headphones, but it is it is an absolute <laughs> round the clock job. Yeah. And I know that that's like a cliche for a, for a mom to say, but it really is. I, I and you know, like I was kind of ambivalent towards kids before I had one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always looked at screaming babies as super annoying, um, kids as kind of annoying too, but I did not anticipate loving something so much. Yeah. Immediately.
2: How like long till you uh
1: for the, I would do the anything plane. for child. I would lay down my life for this child without question. Yeah. That's how much I love him. And I don't even really know him that well.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I feel like that's a natural instinct for uh, every parent, you know, knowing it's yours.
1: Not every parent. I mean, it's sometimes listen, like I, I've heard everything from I didn't bond with my baby, you know, for months. Like a lot of a lot of dads too. It's tough because they don't have that nine months of like carrying the baby in their in their belly. Yeah. So it, it takes them a little bit longer for a yeah. lot of dads. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. So you already feel like as a mom, you feel like you already know them already. Um. And you've just bonded in that way for, for nine straight months. And then when he's here, it's just, I, I can't stop staring at him because I'm like, I can't believe that he's here and I can't believe that I made this. And, and for the first two weeks after we brought him home from the hospital, I I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I know that the baby blues is a real thing. Like for 80% of women, I think it is. You start to, it's like a hormonal dump. Like mm-hmm. all the hormones that was necessary to, to take to care for a child in the womb, that all, you know, gets released in, in different ways. And you're like your body's leveling out. So I didn't realize that um, it was I, I would feel super euphoric and super happy, but also cry because of that. Um, so it, it, all these conflicting feelings, it didn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, it, things have just started to level out. He's about a month old now and I'm tired, but it's just like the best kind of job yeah, that you could ever hope for. it. It's so worth it. It is so worth it.
2: And how long are you going to wait before you take him on a trip on the plane? Before you're that person?
1: Before I'm that person, I don't think I ever want to be that person, but yeah. I know that, you know, based on my friend's experience, like the more you take your kid uh, with you to travel yeah. um, and, and expose the, you know, your child, like to your friends and, and uh, different situations, like going out to, to lunch or dinner <laughs> or whatever, the more you expose them to crowds, the better they'll behave.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, but, you get them like socialized.
2: My dad didn't do that with his last kid who's seven. And man, it was like as soon as it was 7 p.m., he was in bed upstairs. And the mom, as soon as we, like, I couldn't even listen to a video on my laptop downstairs. Yeah. So, and I was like, Shh, <laughs> sleeping. I was like, I'm one floor down listening to the laptop, the sound of my laptop. Yeah. I, you sleeping. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He'll sleep through it. Don't like you know. So I'm glad that you're you're kind of like you know because they'll sleep through it.
1: The baby slept through jackhammering. The baby slept through like all the construction that's happening in my apartment right now. The baby has slept right through it. Sanding. Uh, that he is not. When babies sleep, they sleep pretty hard.
2: Yeah. So You can like, grab. You can yeah. bring them to the mall. They'll sleep. But you don't need to be a. You know.
1: Yeah. I just never. You know. Honestly, I just I never thought that I would be in this position. I never thought that I would ever be a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has changed my life for the better. And I know it's not for everybody. I know, you know, being a parent's not something that everybody can see themselves doing, but just give you an example, you know, like, like I, I never thought it would happen to me. And I kind of, you know, was ambivalent toward it. And now I can't imagine being anything else.
2: That's, that's great. It's just the
1: best thing that I've ever done. Period.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's more, uh, people that don't necessarily want kids. I, <gasps> I can't understand it. I, I understand how you'd want it, but like, um, I still think it's like one of the best thing for, you know, a person to do with the right? is. to bring somebody into the world. I mm-hmm. think
0: uh,
2: it's awesome. You know, it's obviously easier as a guy to say, cause we're not the one going through a uh, nine months of hell, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I understand, I, 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 I could see how you could feel this way.
1: Yeah. So now it's just, uh, you know, adapting to to being a mom and figuring out what what I'm going to do when I go back to work. I mean, that's going to be something else. Jared went back to work last week, and it went fine. Um, but for me, I don't, I don't really know what that's going to look like. I mean, Where are I you supposed to,
2: to get back to work? In March. In March. I mean I know my buddy just my buddy has a 9 month old right
1: yeah um,
2: like they went through the whole thing and uh, you know they're both back at work and uh and you know they have a nanny now throughout the day and then uh, when he's not working he's taking care of the baby and then he's yeah so I mean there's definitely ways it does
1: get easier I mean th- I was told like 3 4 months told,
2: out and then eventually yeah
1: yeah then they then they're starting to sleep on their own like throughout the night um and yeah. they don't require
2: sleeps like eight hours now.
1: Oh, god, that sounds like a dream.
2: Eight hours a night, and That's he's an just like, dream. Yeah, yeah, well, you can drink coffee again.
1: I can drink coffee again. I can oh, drink no, can again. Too. I mean, I've
2: been breastfeeding.
1: Well, I have a uh, <laughs> it's, this, it's this thing called a milk screen, yeah. And you, and you, it's like a test strip, you drop it in the your breast milk if you think you've drank, you've had too much to drink, and it it tells you whether it detects alcohol in your breast milk. Okay. So what, what I'll usually do, and, and I'm, I'm not like crazy with the, you got to breastfeed, breast is best, whatever. Um, I'm not like that. I think that, you know, a, a baby being fed is the best thing, <laughs> period. Um, and a lot of breast milk is not garbage, you know? So I was fed on breast milk, or I was fed on uh, formula is what I'm, yeah, is what I meant to say. Uh, And I'm fine. Jared was fed on formula. He's fine. So I kind of feel like, you know, we do a combination of both. And that's that's fine. And if I do, if I have a couple of margaritas, which I, my mom visited here and we went to a Mexican restaurant, got a little tipsy, um, then I, I just use formula to feed. Not a big deal. I don't think moms should stress themselves out any more than they have to, to be honest. I mean, it's enough stress. Like, why put extra added pressure on yourself so now you're going to take away, like, any kind of fun that you might, like, because you, you really can't drink that much caffeine either Yeah. you're still breastfeeding. It's like, give yourself a break. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you have fun, basically.
1: Go <laughs> have fun. Exactly, exactly. Have as much fun as you, as you can right now as a, as a new mother. Don't take those, those uh, extra things away from you. If you don't want, you know. So I'm 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 not uh I'm not shy about that. I will definitely do formula on top of breast milk. Not a big deal. Great. Yeah. All
2: right. Well now uh New Year's with uh with a new baby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm so used to, I'm so used to New Year's like balling out, like going um, out and like just
2: yeah, I'll be a different yeah, New Year's.
1: Girls. Yeah, it'll be a lot different this year. I won't make it to midnight. I can guarantee you.
2: You will. You will make it.
1: I won't. I won't. Uh,
2: okay, so hold on because we had a natural. That would be a great time to do one question of the audience. Um, we had someone talk about uh, getting out of the maybe zone. Okay. Um, which is uh, yeah, you, know this, yeah, you know this guy or girl likes you, but you can't really tell where they stand regarding something more permanent. How do you talk to them? How do you say what you want? For example, a relationship with them and be transparent and really honest with yourself. Like, what do you want? How do you feel? And be okay with the answer regardless of the outcome. Um, it says somebody from Switzerland, which I uh, love the podcast. So basically it's like, you. Di- I'm assuming it's like you're kind of, um, Dating someone and you like them, and you're in this kind of like, yeah, maybe we'll be something, maybe we won't. How do you get out of that?
1: Yeah, Oof. that's a really t- that's a really tough. Um,
2: yeah, tough I mean, experience. I think they kind of insert it in the sense of like, you just gotta be honest.
1: I think that if you don't know after a certain time, you're never gonna know.
2: I think they're talking about getting out of the maybe zone for the other partner. Oh, okay. they, know they would want more, but like they don't know this other partner. Like they don't know if the partner want more.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. So like if, if you have to look at it from the perspective of the other person, like if they don't know now, odds are they're they're never going to know. Depends well, how on long. How, together too, though.
2: Been, how long you guys been hanging out.
1: Yeah, that depends. If you've been hanging out for a few months and, and they still don't know if they're ready for for a full fledged commitment, move on because they're never going to know.
2: Really? What's the, how long? What's your, uh,
1: I would say three months is the time when you either know if you can see yourself in a, in a committed relationship with that person or you don't.
2: So by committed, you mean being
1: exclusive, exclusive. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But I feel like you can still be exclusive with someone and still be in a, maybe in a sense, Oh yeah, I don't know how long. I mean, it's just like we're exclusive, but I don't know. Yeah. How do you how do you get out of that?
1: Hmm. I mean, I think it just takes time if you're willing to be patient.
2: Yeah, I would say obviously like at least three four months before before want to have that exclusive talk. But then once you guys are exclusive, if you're wondering if they want more than then being exclusive, meaning like, okay, like we we are not exclusive just for the fun of it, we're exclusive to try and build something. I feel like that just comes with time. You got to wait. Like, if you've been exclusive for a few months and it's been a year total, you've been exclusive for two years even. Yeah. Uh, because it's also like, think about you being in such different stages in your life. Yeah. Uh, you could be ready to be exclusive with someone, but you might also not be ready to move in with them.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: Like, oh, I got so, still so much to figure out, you know?
1: Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, everybody hits milestones in their lives. Um, especially if you're like in your, in your early to mid-20s, even late-20s. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're always reaching milestones. And, and if you have a career, it's always changing. Yeah. So, so yeah, you have, to, you have to figure out. That's why they say timing is everything because a lot of times, you know, you might be good on paper, good in theory, but timing is off and it's not going to work at that moment if you guys come back together again uh, in the future, then, then maybe that's a thing, but it has to, it has to work out, uh, equally for both people.
2: Now, how would you deal if someone, if you're with someone and you are ready to take it to next milestone, like you guys are both, you know, together, exclusive relationship and you're ready to maybe move in with them, but they're not. What do you do if you, are for example you are with someone, you're you're in an exclusive relationship, it's been a year or two years. Let's say it's been two years. Yeah. You are ready, you are ready to move in with them. Yeah. Right? But they are not. They're like, no, to me I still need my own spot. For you in that situation, do you wait? Or do you, yeah. you is it like, oh you know what, I need to get the fuck out because no, we're I mean, not I on the same level of Because
1: eventually the person's gonna be ready, right? Um
2: yeah, people might say, well, he's not ready. Therefore he or she is not ready. Therefore they're not, you know, it's not going to go anywhere.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, a lot, a lot of people set up you know boundaries because they've been through different things. Like, you know, I didn't want to move in right away uh, with, with Jared because of what I had been through in the past. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, it, it happens. Um, I just kind of feel like, Everybody takes things at their own pace and you have to be patient as long as you're willing to, to go through that. I mean, if you, if you're not, if you're, if you're kind of in a rush to like, all right, like it's now or never, um, then get out, then get out. Yeah. Because only, you know, uh, where you kind of see yourself, yourself going. And if you have these arbitrary, like, I don't want to be still single, you know, in my forties or whatever. Um, then you're gonna have to live your life a little bit differently. But I, I feel People like
2: like make the make so much like so many bad decisions because now you're pressuring yourself to not be single. So they do everything they can to be in a relationship, and most of them they end up in a relationship that's not for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So like these,
0: so
2: these are uh, these like society pressures that is just ruining everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because everybody has this pressure to do, it and it's just like, what if your relationship is different than the the typical so-called like relationship that everybody has, right? What if you have something different, but that works for you? That should be as good as any other traditional relationship.
1: Yeah, it should be.
2: But it's not. It's looked down upon or people don't want it because it's not the traditional way, I find.
1: Right, right. Right. You know, so... So don't don't put any added pressure on yourself. I mean, I I just kind of feel like in that case... Uh, it depends on how, how much you really you really want this relationship to work and how patient you're willing to be. Because it sounds like this person might be a little more hesitant to yeah. get into a full-fledged relationship.
2: Yeah, so, so I, I guess I, guess I also be honest. I mean, uh, that's what this person was saying on the question. Is like, you yeah, know, sometimes you want- it's,
1: all it takes is just a conversation. Like, you know, let's air it out. Like, why do you feel this, you know, a certain way? Like, what's holding you back? And sometimes the answer might not be what you expect it to be. Yeah,
2: but it's better to know. Mm-hmm. Be like, this is where I'm at. You know, I want this to, for us to be like, said more exclusive. Are you, are you okay? Is What, what are your thoughts? And then just also go with your guts because people would say, yeah, of course I'm ready to be exclusive and they're still not are. So it's just like, go, yeah. go, go, go with your guts, but definitely have the conversation and definitely like don't back down, like stand, stand, stand strong with it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, anyways, so, you know, this is uh, the end of our 2021 series. Uh, a lot happened. Um, and, I mean, we're both excited to start 2022 with our at team. And, yeah. uh And, you know, see, uh, see what it brings. Eventually, down the line, we'll have a studio, so we won't have to be uh, doing it. Like this.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I won't have to have all these uh, fire hazard plugs around yeah. my uh my place right now
2: it'll be just nice to go back to normal anyways yeah, but uh so. you know for all, everybody who's been with us this year thank you so much and uh you know only good things are coming next year it'll only get better so you we know, hope
1: things happen in your lives too
2: yeah of course
1: good relationships um and and good good memories to come in 2022 i can feel it i can yeah. feel it right Jules? yeah Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ahura Media Production.